you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Did you know that what you do today, yes, today can affect whether or not you'll be able to retire by the time you're 65 or retire early? Well, the Tanzanian proverb goes, little by little, a little becomes a lot. So yes, what you do today, your day-to-day habits matter. And that's why we're talking about daily financial habits today. So it's a good thing that today you're listening to Queer Money episode number 293. We make the Queer Money podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may answer your question in an upcoming episode. Now, on with the show. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Hey there, and welcome back to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. If you've been listening for the last couple of episodes, you know that this is our third and final episode in the series around financial planning. On episode 292, or last week, we covered the idea of short-term financial planning. And the week before that, we kicked it all off with long-term financial planning. But the foundation of all of that was the discussion or the story that John shared about the professor and his jar and filling that jar with rocks, pebbles, and sand so that the class understood that it it was a full jar and that they needed to go in in the proper order. If you want to hear more of that example, go back and listen to episode 291. But in episode 291, we talked about that long-term financial planning. Now, long-term financial planning is planning for events and being able to take care of the things that we need to do on a regular basis so that we can reach goals that are 10 years or longer away. Again, I think the predominant one we think about is retirement. For a lot of folks, that's a long ways off. Then on episode 292 or last week, we talked about short-term financial planning. That's really around this idea of things that are going to take place or goals that you can achieve in the next three to 10 years. And so the long-term is your rocks, the short-term is your pebbles, And this week we're talking about sand, ta-da, or your daily, everyday financial habits. Now remember, each of these habits or each of these plans are supposed to support the plan above them. So your daily financial plan should support your uh, short-term financial plan. And then your short-term financial plan should support your long-term financial plan. And that's how it becomes easier to achieve those lofty, seemingly innocuous goals that you're never going to be able to get to, seemingly elusive goals that you're never going to be able to get to. It's these day-to-day habits can help fund and fuel those long-term goals. And that's how you will be able to retire at 65 or maybe even early. So we're talking about things today, such as going out for coffee today or every single day this going week. Going out and getting a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're listening, I'm holding up my Queer Money coffee mug so everybody on the video can see Everybody it. <laughs> loves the Queer Money coffee mugs. It's also debating whether or not you're going to go out to eat for lunch or dinner every day or a few times a week, or how you're going to entertain yourself throughout the week, right? These in and of themselves, none of these is, is, is horrible to do, is wrong to do, but it's the idea of doing them too many times. It can really have a detrimental effect on our long-term financial security. And that, Actually, they're all really fun to do, right? Yeah, we all enjoy absolutely. going to get a cup of coffee, going out to dinner, going out with friends for entertainment, but... Too much of a good <laughs> thing can become a bad thing, right? right? And that's the whole idea of David Box latte factor. He's not saying you can't go to Starbucks or wherever it is 
places that you'd like to go to get your latte once in a while. Enjoy that. That's awesome. Enjoy it. But it's the idea of going every single day, that five to seven to $10, that adds up a lot over series. If you're going 365 days a year and spending $10 or $8 a day, that is going to have a detrimental effect on your yearly financial goal. And then if you do that year after year, that's going to really have a detrimental effect on your long-term financial goal. Here are some stats we found for you. The average millennial currently dines out five times a week, five times a week. So that's a combination of breakfast, lunch, and dinner or something else in between. Right. If you're doing that, just think about this. If you're at on average spending $15 per meal when you dine out five times a week, you're spending almost $4,000 a year just on dining out. Yikes. Now, the uh, 30% of younger millennials or those who are under the age of 26 buy coffee three times a week. 51% of all millennials go out to the bar at least once a week. And yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the last time I went to a bar that we, the two of us didn't spend more than $40, right? So that adds up $40 once in a while, one week here and there is fine, but 52 weeks in a row, that gets, that adds up, especially if you compound that by years. Yeah. So, or, your deci- or you decide to drop a hundred dollars on a round of shots for your friends, which is because is you do dumb things when you right. have too much to drink. <laughs> right. It's not uncommon, right? It's not an uncommon thing when you go out with your friends to feel like you're compelled to buy the round of shots or the next round of drinks, especially if somebody starts that whole process off, well, right? And I think especially this time of year, it's the holiday season, right? right? So you're you're out for celebrate the holidays, New Year's, whatever. You're out with your, your friends at work, and you want to give, right? It's the giving season, and you want to have, like everybody have a good time. So you might say, "I'll buy the next." Round or I'll buy a round of shots. And, and that's that's all well and good. There's no shame in any, uh, doing any of that stuff. It's just being cognizant of exactly how that's affecting your day-to-day life and your long-term financial security. And that's what we're here to talk about. So today, we're going to cover five steps to design the day-to-day life that you need to reach all of your money goals and all of your life goals. So David? All right. So the first one we're going to talk about here is setting a daily budget. Now that may be sound kind of complicated and hard, but if you go back to last week, we talked about having a budget as one of the keys to being able to achieve your short-term and long-term goals, because you know how much money you're spending, right? That whole idea of growing the gap, spending less than you make has to be founded on this idea of knowing where your money is going and And you can only do that when you actually have a budget and you analyze. Now, what is money chunking? Money chunking, we said you need a money chunk on a daily basis to achieve or reach your budgeted amount for each month or each weekly period, right? So your money chunking is, let's say, for example, John loves ice cream. So he goes and gets that pint of ice cream from the store, comes home with his spoon, sits down on the couch and proceeds to eat the whole pint of ice cream well, how in one city. How about those gigantic <laughs> bowls of popcorn, Mr. Schneider? Right. I know I'm guilty of consuming a large amount in one sitting, but I'm using this as an analogy. So you eat that whole pint of ice cream in one sitting. Well, what happens tomorrow night and the next night? You don't have any ice cream to have, right? So go get more ice cream. The, right. <laughs> <laughs> but if your budget only allows for one pint of ice cream, or your waistline <laughs> only allows for one pint of ice cream, right? So the idea is to break that pint of ice cream into multiple servings. It does say three servings on the side of the container. John. I have never met a hu- real human <laughs> in real life that agrees that. 
There are three servings and a pint of ice cream. Right. But when it comes to your budget, it's really important to do this, to actually dole out the servings of your money so that you don't go out on Friday night or Sunday for brunch and blow all of your spending money in one sitting and not have any money left over for having fun the rest of the time. Or what a lot of folks do is end up putting that fun on their credit cards. So if you need assistance in getting this idea of being able to money chunk and making sure that you're budgeting properly, take a look at the tools that are available in the credit card debt slasher toolbox. One of those tools is called the send it before you spend it. And really what that does is it focuses on making sure that you're taking care of all of your responsibilities, the things that you said you were going to pay for first, and then having money left over to have fun, do things like brunch, go out to the bars, that kind of stuff. And that's the money then you want to be able to money chunk. Awesome. I love it. Step number two is to live on cash. Yes, people, even (laughs) today, cash is still king. I know I sound archaic, right? Because people, they want to get rid of pennies and dollar bills, y'all. But cash is still king. And here's the reason why. People who use debit and credit cards spend 12 to 18% more than those who use cash. And that only increases with convenient services such as Apple Pay and all those other fancy ways that make you lose your money without even realizing you're losing the money. Uh, And the reason for that is it's it's less of a tangible transaction, right? You're you're more disconnected from what's happening, right? If you've got to hand over a $100 bill, you kind of feel that, right? But if you're just swiping a card or you're 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 just waving your watch like you're Wonder Woman at the at the barista <laughs> bar, then there's less of there's less pain there, there's right? There's no resistance. There's no resistance, right? right. It's it's just, uh, it's just ones and zeros that are being deducted from my account, right? Um, it doesn't mean anything, but it does mean something, and it adds up over time. So while those tools are super cool and convenient to use, they can hurt you in the long run. So remember, cash is still king. And if you want a reinforcement of this, we encourage you to go back and listen to episode 34 of the Queer Money podcast titled, da-da-da, cash is king. I think especially for those fun times that we want to be spending money, whether it's dining out or um, going out for entertainment with our friends, that is probably a really important time to make sure that we're using cash rather than credit well, or debit card. And that's the thing that we do. If we if we know that we're going out, we're going to meet friends at a bar one night to, to get together and hang out for a little bit. And we want to say, we don't want to spend more than, you know, I don't know, just going to throw out a number here to keep it easy. We don't want to spend more than $100. Well, then we'll each just take $50 and that's all we've got. We won't take our credit or debit cards with us. We don't have Apple Pay or any of those convenient services. So that forces us to say, well, we can't spend more than this $100. Otherwise, we got to say to our friends, um, hey, can you spot us a 20? And, and we don't <laughs> want to do that. Do that. <laughs> right. All right. Point number three. Now, we're not poo-poo on all fintech, right? We want you to use some of the fintech that really helps you achieve your financial goals. So point number three is to use that fintech, especially when it comes the idea of budgeting. There's some great budgeting apps out there, things like Cube, YNAB, and Mint. Those are all important ones to use because they really help you understand when that money is coming in and where it's going when it's going out. If you're needing to do that spending analysis to understand where you're spending your money and overspending your money in certain categories, getting hooked up to these kinds of tools will really help you. Other Really important fintech tools to use around investing. You know, for personal capital, Acorns in front, all of those help you not only understand how to invest, they help you invest and help you 
track your investments. And then the third type of uh, fintech we suggest you use is credit score monitoring, right? Knowing what your credit score is and making sure you're following the guidelines that are appropriate to make sure you keep your credit score at a high level is really important. So we want to encourage you to use CreditWise, which CreditWise is a Capital One tool. And you all know that Capital One is the sponsor of this podcast, and they sponsor and support financial education for LGBT folks all throughout the year. So CreditWise is a great tool because you can use it on your phone or on your computer. You can sign up in a couple of minutes. And one of the things that we really like about CreditWise versus a lot of these other credit monitoring apps, and we know that there's a bunch out there, a lot of them begin with, with the word credit, but a lot of those other apps, they're going to bombard you with offers for credit cards. That's how they make money. CreditWise is not going to do that. That's one of the reasons why we really like the CreditWise app. So we'll have a link to all these tools in the podcast player if you're listening to this podcast, or we will also have it in the description if you're watching us here on YouTube. Step number four, do a little something every single day to learn more about money. As you all know, we're trying to get the LGBTQ community to start talking more and more about money. But one of the ways to make those conversations easier or to have new things to share with your friends or family is to learn something new just every single day, a little bit of something new. Financial independence is an everyday process, and that's why we're talking about daily financial plans. And so just learning a little something every single day will not only help you, but then you can share that with other people that help lift other people up. So what are some great resources to learn a little bit something about money every single day? Well, there is this amazing <laughs> website. Um, it is the URL. Write this down. You want to have a pen and paper? debtfreeguys.com. <laughs> it is loaded with a plethora of financial information, LGBTQ and otherwise, to help you with all sorts of financial questions and strategies to help you achieve financial independence. Then there's also the amazing Queer Money Podcast, which is focused on talking about the financial nuances of the LGBTQ community. So you want to make sure you listen to that, especially if you're LGBTQ and share it with your LGBTQ friends. And then if you're not already aware, because we haven't been plugging it a lot lately, um, Debt Free Guys is also now on YouTube. So we're doing all sorts of video, especially covering, including covering uh, our podcast on YouTube. So go over there, check that out, like and follow us there. We would, we would super love it. And it would provide you with a lot of great information. But it's not all about us. Not all about us. <laughs> right? We have a lot of friends that we support and a lot more LGBTQ people in this space. So if you want to be inspired about reaching financial independence or you've already reached FI and you want to figure out the tips and strategies to live your best post-FI life, we encourage you to go to All Options Considered. There are lesbian couple who have set the bar on living amazing lives post-FI. And then there are geek screamers. There are gay couple who are also living amazing lives traveling all around the world post-FI. But you don't have to be a part of a couple or a throuple or whatever number it is your relationship <laughs> includes. You can be a single LGBTQ person. And for inspiration on how to do that as a single LGBTQ person, we encourage you to go to homomoney.com. Uh, he's an amazing veteran who is on his way to achieving FI. We have encouraged a lot of folks to do full or part-time side hustles. And a great resource for that is Daniela Flores of I Like to Dabble. They are amazing with providing all sorts of information of getting into the side hustle space. And then We've also been talking for years, encouraging more and more LGBTQ people to get into real estate investing to help augment their strategy for becoming financial independence, financially independent and retiring early. Well, now we have an LGBTQ leader in this space. And so we're so excited. Uh, we can't be the leader. That's not our forte. But so we're excited that we do have a leader in this space. Um, so we want you to check out Tom over at The Frugal Gay on Twitter. 
All right, point number five, and I think this is the one that's really, really important about all of these steps you need to take, not only on a daily basis, but when it comes to planning your short-term and your long-term and achieving your short and long-term goals is to actually have fun with it, right? It doesn't need to be serious. Money doesn't need to be serious. Back when John and I were paying off our debt, many of you have heard us talk about this before, we knew that if we didn't enjoy our lives, figure out how to have fun, and I think that's That's why we dropped the social aspect in last week's episode. If we didn't have fun, we wouldn't be able to achieve our goal of paying our debt off. So try to make all of this not only achieving, but the way in which you go about your life to get to towards your goals, have fun doing this. It'll make reaching those short-term and long-term goals a lot easier and the pathway there will be enjoyable. Absolutely. So the as a recap of the five steps to create your daily financial plan, step one, set a daily money chunking budget. Step two, live on cash because cash is still king. Step three, use fintech. Step four, do a little something every single day to learn a little bit more about money and then share it with a friend or family member. And then as important as anything else, have fun. Woo! (laughs) Now stay tuned for your career money takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. Here's your Queer Money takeaway from this particular episode. What we're really asking you to do with these five steps in this particular episode is to create a daily financial plan that allows you to start living and spending consciously. Please become money conscious. Then join us next week for the last Queer Money episode of the year. 2021 is almost over. That's crazy. Episode 294, when we talk about mutual fund and ETF investing, bouncing off of our last investing talk, when we talked about stock investing. And then finally, remember, please, that we make the Queer Money podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may answer your question in an upcoming episode. Thank you. And we'll see you next week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.